It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time. Together. Together. Yes, it's high time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. And we're starting out this week's podcast with a rave review from a Karen who loves cannabis. Hi, Joe. I wanted to contact you and say thank you. You, the guests you've had on your podcast, and the information you share has literally changed my life. I have abandoned my retirement and in the middle of a pandemic and I got a job at one of the new dispensaries here in southwestern Ohio. Our MMJ program is only about three years old. Believe me, more than one person has looked at me like I've lost my mind. I'm having a ball. I love my coworkers, I mean most of them, and I'm being paid to basically be myself and share my passion for the plant. I've only been working five months and already have heard dozens of stories from people who have been suffering needlessly for years. Years! One young man, a veteran, told me cannabis had made it possible for him to get off his medications from the VA. He was on 30 prescriptions. Ma'am, I'm only 30, he said. It was heartbreaking, poor kid. The good news is that cannabis made it possible for him to throw them all away. I also contacted David Krantz and had my endocannabinoid system mapped. That was incredibly enlightening and informative. Most importantly, it gave me some peace of mind regarding my Alzheimer's risk, my sleep, and how much CBD I need to take. So thank you. Thanks for being you. Thanks for your positivity and relentless encouragement. Thank you for being a role model. Puff, puff, pass it on, lady. Pass it on. Signed, Karen. Do you find value in the content I create? 
If so, please consider becoming a podcast patron for as little as $5 per month. Sign up at patreon.com backslash casually baked. Today's podcast is lit by the White Ash Group. Cannabis is the fastest growing industry in the U.S. jobs market. So if you're ready to get paid to be yourself in the cannabis space, there's no time like the present. Submit your resume at whiteashgroup.com. White Ash Group is North America's premier choice for cannabis staffing, recruitment, and executive search. And if you're an industry trailblazer with a growing business, White Ash Group provides pre-screened and vetted top-tier talent and custom hiring solutions so you can feel good building your dream team and work-life balance. From roots to suits in the U.S. and Canada, visit whiteashgroup.com to learn more. Tell them Joe sent you. The reputation of cannabis relies on educated and well-trained industry professionals interacting with the Canacuri's Gen Pop and their community leaders. Accessible cannabis education programs are expanding by leaps and bounds. And today's guest on the podcast is at the forefront of higher education. Max Simon is currently the CEO and co-founder of Greenflower, the leader in cannabis education. He's also the CEO of Gangier, the sommelier of cannabis certification program. Max raised over $21 million for this venture and powers the cannabis curriculum of many large colleges and universities across the country. Through Max's efforts, millions of people are being educated on the personal and professional benefits of cannabis. From online medical learning centers for both patients and healthcare providers, Greenflower is the cannabis education platform leading the way. Greenflower also offers training on cannabis history and science, indoor and outdoor cultivation, policy, compliance, and the business of cannabis. The market-driven curriculum is facilitated by top cannabis experts to offer paramount instruction from within the cannabis industry. And if you're a cannoisseur that wants to take a deeper dive or up-level your bud-tending game, you'll love the Gangier certification. If you're ready to set yourself up for professional success in the cannabis space, this podcast is certainly for you. It's also for you parents with young, budding gondrepreneurs telling you they'd rather work on a regenerative cannabis farm than go to college. This podcast might help you formulate a compromise. So settle in and let's elevate your understanding of higher education. It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just take one. I love what Max Simon and his team have been doing at Greenflower, um, both for personal education, enterprise education, and now higher education. And no pun intended this time. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Like, I always have to write, like, no, I'm serious. It's really higher education, like <laughs> colleges, universities. <laughs> exactly. But I love that so much because puns just fly out of my mouth all of the time. So I was like, oh, this is a great one. I can't wait to name this podcast. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> yeah. So, Max, tell me a little bit about your life before Greenflower. You know, you 
worked with the mind body medicine guru Deepak Chopra and I feel like that just was like a staircase up to your life now in cannabis you know what was that like yeah it was cool I started there in the beginning of 2003 and I was there for you know just about eight eight and a half years or so and it was a cool time because you know it was really when Deepak was coming into like full magnificence and his you know he's really getting a lot of attention and being on Oprah and all these things and um, you know, we we had such a core mission to help the world understand meditation and mind-body medicine and kind of natural wellness. And it was really cool because when we started, you know, uh, meditation was very kooky out in the world, highly stigmatized, you know, not something that people really thought was acceptable. It was It was kind of a fringe thing. And through the work we did, you know, we really educated the masses on the value and benefits of, of these tools. And, you know, now like we're what, you know, 20 years later or so, but now the world meditates. Now the world practices yoga, you know, now the world is really um, engaged in all the things that we were seeing. And so it was really amazing to see how you could, you know, deliver messages at the right time in a way that really helped people understand it and then it take hold. And so, yeah, it does feel very synchronous to, to cannabis and just knowing that we will achieve the mission. You know, the one thing that everybody's out to do of like getting the world to understand the value and benefits of this and actualizing the potential, it will happen. I have complete certainty, you know, you just got to kind of go through the layers of it. So, um, so I worked with him for a long time uh, and we, we did a lot of great things and then I went from there and, you know, did some my own business stuff. And then I founded Greenflower in 2014. And that's been uh, all consuming and everything I've been thinking and dreaming about for the last six years. Absolutely. And what I love about it is that your work with Deepak and the Chopra Center and, you know, the programs that you sent up, I was doing those programs. I was doing those meditation series and those things became tools in my wellness toolkit. I was already a cannabis user. I've been using cannabis for, you know, low level anxiety that just kind of sits on me all the time for years and years. And when I started doing the meditation, I realized like pairing the cannabis with my meditation created a whole more expansive experience for me. And so taking that and now seeing that cannabis is at that same place where like, oh yeah, it's a panacea, it fixes everything. And where we, we are having to slowly educate by sharing these personal experiences of how cannabis helps and shapes lives, you know, that's really the, the piece that's moving the needle faster. I know you're a medical cannabis user. Um, tell me what your experience with cannabis is. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, you know, when we were at Chopra, we, we taught you know, hundreds of thousands of people meditation. And the thing that was so, you know, challenging about meditation is that, you know, it does take a little while, oftentimes a few weeks to get get good at it, if you will, to where you start seeing some benefits. Because when you first start meditating, your mind is just like driving you nuts, you know? Um, and so, you know, we, need to, we needed to tell people with meditation, like you need a good consistent set of practices to see the value. Cannabis my mom takes a tincture and she sleeps that night. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah. you know, that's why I think actually cannabis has so much potential in, in even contrast to those things is that it's so kind of profoundly valuable and effective so quickly. And most people are just so kind of unaware of that in the world. And not only that, not only unaware of it, they have a, a reverse stigma. They actually think this is you know, bad for you, something that they're kind of scared of. And so 
um, it's an interesting thing. I, I actually, you know, we started in 2014 with Green Flower, and um, <laughs> it feels like a different planet between 2014 and 2020. You know, yes. when I when I would started and told people I was going into cannabis education, like you know, my people were sh- horrified, <laughs> <You know? laughs> like so, you know, upset, and you know, and. And now in 2020, like all those same people are not only using cannabis, but like the whole ecosystem has shifted so dramatically in terms of adoption and change is happening so fast. So, you know, again, I have this perspective where it took us many decades to get mind body medicine to kind of take hold and, you know, become something that people thought was valuable and get on board with and the industry to expand and cannabis is just like right now. So, um, I don't know what the other question was, but I just wanted to talk about that kind of differences because there, there's definitely some acceleration that's happening in cannabis that didn't actually happen back then in the mind-body medicine stuff. Yeah, I'll remind you of the question in a second, but I want to add on top of that. So the fact that your mom took a tincture, she immediately has a good night's sleep and a good experience. The fine line between that good experience and a bad experience is that education gap that we're filling. Because yeah. if you don't know what you're doing you can have a really bad experience and really then you're, on, you're in that camp that thinks cannabis is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, again, I, I often joke around that if cannabis was just dis- if the plant, if the species cannabis sativa was discovered today, if like somebody scientist was like walking through the forest and they found this plant and they brought it back, it, it would make the cover of time magazine instantly. It would be the most celebrated botanical species on planet Earth, just like that, because this thing produces hundreds of different compounds naturally. It has those compounds have this enormous abundance of different properties that work on the system. It grows extremely fast. It has regenerative properties to the soil. It's you know used to treat <laughs> hundreds of different conditions. Like you know, the world would go like, "What the? This is amazing." But because we have this weird history from it, it's super demonized. And so what I always talk about is cannabis as a plant is a very, very powerful thing. It's you, it's you have to learn to respect this thing. Um, that's also something that needs to be re-educated because since it was pushed so underground, you had a, you know, such a kind of a heavy, you know, almost like a shadow-like consumer a lot of times. And so that's, you know, that's also needs to be uh, educated properly, but powerful plant. It's a very powerful plant. We have to learn to respect this plant. And that's, uh, you know, definitely where education comes in. Absolutely. So tell me what your medical uses for cannabis are. Oh, right. So um, I've been using for ADHD for decades. Um, I, you know, I had really severe ADHD when I was a kid, like, you know, incredibly disruptive. (laughs) Um, In fact, one of my only teachers that ever like got me in middle school just followed up with me a little while ago and said, like, I'm so happy that you did well in life. (laughs) You know, like, you know, she said, she's like, you were, you were a tough one in school. So severely kind of disabled from a, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of perspective. And now, I found were, cannabis really parents, young. I'm sorry What's to that? interrupt. Did your parents have you on medication? They So my parents were both very natural medicine people. But the truth is, the real actually hindsight is they kind of just didn't take it that seriously. Like the the fact that I had this thing. I was, I was recommended Ritalin. I was recommended Adderall. I took them for periods of time. I took other things as well. Um, but it never worked. And they were just kind of like, well, don't, don't, if it doesn't work for you, don't worry about it. And so I kind of was just largely untreated (laughs) for, Mm -hmm. for most of my life, um, which was fine. You know, I mean, I learned a lot. (laughs) Um, 
Well, What's so that? now as a parent, you know, you your children or your child is young, you have another one on the way, but if something happens and and your child has ADHD, knowing what you know now about cannabis, what do you recommend to parents who are kind of thinking yeah, no, about that? I would that? do it as a first line. Uh, absolutely. 100%. That's my point. Like I found cannabis when I was in my teens. It all I can vividly remember from my brain the first time I consumed, I remember having the thought Oh, I bet you this is what normal people feel like. Wow. And so I consumed cannabis, but was so closeted about it up until my 30s. But consumed cannabis basically from 12 all the way to my 30s. And then when I was just about to start Green Flower, what what really compelled me is I started looking around trying to find more kind of credible guidance around this whole thing. I couldn't find anything anywhere. Um, but the, the the research that was out there, the people that was out there, the, the real credibility that existed just wasn't packaged right, was mm-hmm. there. And as I learned more about it, I've just leaned so much more deeply now into being a you know very pure medical consumer, if you will, um, for ADHD. And it's been game changing for me. It's changed everything in my life. So yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a personal advocate as much as anything in this space. I love it. And I feel like, you know, educators were passionate about it because we are consumers. You took what you learned with creating the Chopra Center and and working with Deepak and team and and your own personal relationship with cannabis to create Greenflower, which in the beginning, you know, whenever I was first looking at it, it was online education for my personal knowledge, you know, for me as a consumer, and it has evolved significantly since then. So let's talk about, you know, kind of the new green flower. Yeah. I mean, ultimately what started happening is we realized that people really wanted deep training. There was a lot of kind of intermittent consumer attention for a little stuff, but where we were finding where people were really leaning into green flower and where we felt like our kind of greatest impact would make it, we really came into like, Let's let's really train people seriously and let's make this an industry where those people go out in the world and really can have a big impact. And so we just started in 2018 transitioning more and more into being a training company, more deeply into a training company. And now it's evolved in this really amazing way where there's the there's the website which has, you know, all these online programs that people can take in every facet of the industry, but they're so beautifully produced and they're very rigorously curated. And they're extremely valuable. And so there's this whole range of kind of online education for individual people. And that's used from everything from medical professionals to medical patients to jobs and career seekers to, you know, like my mom learned to grow cannabis from the website, you know. Um, And so there's all people that use it as like step-by-step training, validated, trustworthy guidance to kind of go through these different sectors. And it covers everything. You know, we have these medical learning centers that cover all the sides of of using cannabis as a patient or as a medical provider. We have the cultivation side and teaching people how to grow um, indoor, outdoor. Then we have the whole policy and compliance side. And that covers the kind of regulatory frameworks that talks the history of cannabis in terms of the laws and the policies. It understands all, you know, goes all the way down to the local level and talks about licensing. And it's really kind of a whole program for people in the legal professional, you know, compliance side. Um, And then we have this very ever expanding business landscape where people can learn about every sector of the cannabis industry from hemp to manufacturing 
We've got 30 hours on extraction-based materials. So it's just, just cool. I mean, it keeps getting cooler. Like I'm really excited about what it's become because all, you know, there's so many pathways for people to kind of lean into on green flower now. And it's, you know, in contrast to anything else, it's so affordable out there to really get trustworthy guidance that helps people succeed in cannabis. You know, that's kind of our mantra at green flowers to help education, to help people succeed in cannabis. And so we took all that and then we started approaching schools, universities to power some of their curriculums. And I think this has actually been one of the great things about the pandemic for education is all these institutions around the country now had you know this huge fallout and they were really all of a sudden needing to find new ways to serve students and to expand. And, you know, schools cost a ton of money to run. And so they started opening up to cannabis education almost overnight. You know, and so we went from we had one school in in the beginning of 2020 and we ended 2020 with nine. And so we're now powering the cannabis curriculums of University California Riverside. We're powering the programs of Northern Michigan University, of Florida Atlantic University, of um, Northwest Missouri State University, of Mount Aloysius University, of University of San Diego um, we're just about to announce two more amazing schools that we've signed recently. And so in those higher education landscapes, we have programs that are accredited by the college that are in agriculture, cannabis agriculture, cannabis business, cannabis medicine, and then cannabis policy. And those programs are six-month programs with live instructors that you go through and you create special projects. And there's the I think the coolest thing about that particular universe is that we've also created all these relationships with companies like Cookies and Jushi and Parallel and you know these larger companies. And they're hiring the graduates. They're 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 kind of taking those graduates and hiring them up into their ecosystem. So um, we've got this kind of unique business where we touch you know consumers. We touch um, the higher education institution. And then our third part of the business is we train the employees inside of cannabis companies. And we've got this whole relationship and ecosystem where a cannabis company can essentially unlock our whole library as a training tool for them internally. And so we're starting to become the kind of the training arm of many of these larger MSOs, many of the larger retail companies, many larger manufacturers, because we have kind of a a to Z platform now for, you know, onboarding their people and compliance training and safety training and skills training. And, you know, it's this cool ecosystem. So it's, um, it's a really fun business and, and it's taken a lot of work to build and it's, whew, it's been hard and challenging for sure. I mean, I've never worked as hard in my whole life, but um, it is a really cool thing that we've been able to create. Working in cannabis, it takes some real fortitude to stick with it because there's a hurdle all the time. But the thing that I really love about Greenflower and how the company has evolved is, you know, I'm one of those people that my mission in life is to inspire other people to figure out how to get paid to be themselves. And there's so many people that would love to be in the cannabis space, but they don't know how to make that leap. They don't have the connection. They don't have the education. There's not like a start here, this is one, two, three, four, five, kind of a roadmap when it comes to cannabis. You're really just like, okay, what skill set do I need here? What do I need here? Yeah. And, you know, it's almost like there's this giant recipe box of educational tools that you can just pull out and learn exactly what you need yeah. to succeed <clears throat> in your own way. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's what makes cannabis so amazing, but also so difficult is that, you know, first off, it's like, you know, 
there's such crazy demand for the product. Like that's one of the things that's just uniquely special to cannabis is, you know, I learned this from Steve D'Angelo. He, he said, cannabis is like water. It'll always find its way to the people. And, and he's <laughs> yeah, right, like right? Like, you know, cannabis is one of those products that you fall in love with. And, and some people don't, right? Like, you know, some people have bad experiences for sure, but it's the, the majority, actually, the majority of people that actually do consume cannabis, they fall in love with it. So you have a, a product that's in a huge demand that's been gated up. It's been all kind of tied up by, you know, illegality, <laughs> basically, mm-hmm. you know, so that's all crumbling in all sorts of different ways. But it's but as that's crumbling, it's creating this wave of opportunity. But the only problem is that in every single place where there is an opportunity, there's also like customized stuff to that individual landscape. So the the rules in California are different than the rules in Nevada and they're different than the blah, 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 blah. But then it goes, the rules in Los Angeles are different than the rules in Santa Barbara. And so the great thing about cannabis is that if you can actually get a good foundation of education, you'll realize there is more opportunity than you've ever seen in your life because of how fast everything is growing. Mm-hmm. But you also need to get really specialized and you need to decide within this huge, like ever growing thing, where am I going to kind of cut my teeth? And so, you know, that's why we've kind of broken it down into these four categories. We've learned that there's mostly there's kind of four, but then there's subsets of all of them. There's there's the kind of do you want to be in the business of cannabis, right? When that's about licensing and marketing and branding and strategy and, you know, and compliance, that's all kind of in that category. Or do you want to grow the plant, right? Do you want to get your hands on growing and cultivation? But that's also processing. And that also goes into, you know, storage and it goes into manufacturing. And so there's this whole kind of agriculture manufacturing sector that that you can go into. And then, you know, from there, it starts to go into all the ancillary services where you can start to go into like, you know, marketing or PR or legal or financial, or, you know, there's all the services that serve in the industry. And so Within every one of those sectors, there's this huge, enormous, like ever growing opportunity, but people need to know where they want to go. Yes. You know, you need, you need to decide this is where I kind of want to go into. And in that, then there's just, you know, a ton of opportunity for people that are well-educated and trained. Yeah. When you were saying all that, I was visualizing, you know, one of those old school, they put you in the phone booth and the, they turn on the wind and the money's flying around. And you're just like trying to grab as much as you can. I mean, that's how if you don't stay focused in the cannabis space, that's how you're going to end it's up brutal. being brutal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, again, I I know that like you know people hear me speak now, and it just seems like oh, this has all been so like easy and fun, and like you know you're having to be like. Dude, those first really like four or five years is the most difficult thing I've ever done because we also weren't super focused in any one direction or, you know, we're taking these all these different cues. And it took years, years for us to get to a place of really getting clear, like, this is what we do. This is not what we do. Yes. <laughs> you know, this is what where we're going with it. This is how we're going to operate it. And that's, you know, six years of ruthless focus and attention and money and mistakes. And, you know, it's been really challenging. So I, you know, it's hard. It's a hard space. It it's is. a hard space for sure. But 
you know, I also love it. I mean, you got to kind of love, love being in this space as well. Absolutely. And cannabis is now the fastest growing job sector in the United States. So from your vantage point, what are you seeing as like the hottest job sectors within cannabis? I mean, again, the truth is, I think there's tremendous opportunity in all the sectors. I I really genuinely believe that Mm -hmm. because on every side of the coin, there's demand for services and product. It's more about getting out of the indecision and then going into a certain space, right? I mean, uh, I, I just like, I know, I know all of the companies that are just, they can't hire fast enough, but it's not because they have a bazillion jobs. It's because they're trying to find people that actually know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. There's a ton of people that want to get in. There's a lot of demand, but there's very little good supply of talent that knows what they're doing, right? They can step into this and actually understands, you know, all the things. And so people just need to get educated. <laughs> That's what I get. It's like, I, there's so much opportunity there. If you can pick a, pick a focus and then really get thoroughly educated because then you stand out amongst all the people. There's so much intent to get in, but not a lot of trained people that actually know what they're talking about. You know? Amen. That is so true. And, you know, it's the know what you're talking about. And then, you know, if you truly do find a space in cannabis where your existing skill set is relevant and then you also have the chops, I mean, come on, like you're a shoe in Shoe in I mean, you know, we're, we're, like I said, as part of this employer network, we have all the relationships with a lot of the big, you know, MSOs and the companies like, and dude, they're hiring so many people this coming, you know, in 2021, it's going to be nuts how many people they're planning to hire next year, you know? And so there's a ton of opportunity, but most of these people, they're only now starting to use green flower as their training arm. Right. So like, they're not starting from this big background of having a training infrastructure and you know, all these resources to make sure people are well-educated and know their craft and know the skills and know compliance. And so that's the problem is that they, they, you know, they want people that come in knowing something, knowing got some chops underneath them. Mm -hmm. But if you have that, it's like so much opportunity. (laughs) Absolutely agree. So let's talk a little bit about the enterprise arm of the business, the kinds of businesses that come to you, Um, You know, kind of what's that process? Are you shaping the curriculum specifically for them or is it a package deal? Like, how does that work? Yeah. Um, So, I mean, first off, I'll say that, you know, this is only something we've been doing for the last six months. And so it's really developing right now, which is fun. We've got about 50 or so clients that we work with right now. And it covers, it's about 50% retail and then it's about 25% um, cultivation and manufacturing, and then it's 25% everything else. So a lot of retail, some cultivation and manufacturing, and then, you know, like ancillary companies, like we work with some law firms and we work, work with um, some accounting companies. And essentially what we realized is that there's all these pathways that are important in cannabis, you know, compliance pathway, there's an account, a finance pathway, there's a, you know, a, a, a science pathway, a cannabinoid pathway, a product pathway. There's these kind of pathways of subjects that are important for people in the cannabis world to understand. And so the cool thing about the, the current state of this enterprise business is we 
connect with these companies, we find out what are all the pathways that they need inside of their specific organization. And then we put together those pathways based upon the content we've got in the library. And also if they have content that they want to like blend in there, we kind of add them in. And so you create all these kind of, you know, we call them um, job pathways throughout the whole organization that have different levels, you know, level one, level two, level three. And that way it allows you to kind of have this company-wide training platform that everybody can go through in a customized way and that kind of tracks the progress. So they have levels where they can kind of, you know, go into those greater levels of depth. And we're implementing those across the companies in all of these different sectors because we have manufacturing content and cultivation content and compliance content and safety content. And so it just kind of covers the organization. So it's pretty cool. It's, you know, it's definitely been exciting. And uh, again, it really fulfills our mission because we want the cannabis industry to be successful. And that, that includes making people have a successful experience with cannabis. And so for us to empower these companies with the knowledge and the wisdom that really makes them, you know, serve clients better, operate in better compliance, have better quality control standards, you know, all that stuff, it like fits so perfectly into our mission. So I'm quite excited about that channel, even though it's a little bit newer because it's showing so much promise in terms of real impact, you know? Well, I appreciated hearing that 50% of your clients right now are the retailers because there's so much turnover with bud tenders that if you go in as a consumer, it's really, you know, if you don't know your shit. It's heartening. Yeah, then you don't know that you're getting bad information. And I have some listeners that tell me they've gone into a dispensary and they're like, now I know that I know more than my bud tender. You know, it's terrible. It is terrible. And so I like terrible. <laughs> this was the this was the 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 real motivation behind Ganjier. I don't know when you want to talk about that, but that we was where, talk where about Ganjier started as an idea. What well, you want to talk about it? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm super excited about it. What happened was we were definitely saying, look, you know, within the realm of cannabis service, which which happens mostly in retail right now. Right. It is mostly the bud tender who's interacting with consumers and recommending things and that whole thing. But it happens in a lot of other places as well. It happens online and in digital, right, where we're interacting with consumers in a digital environment. It happens in the marketing domain of how we communicate. It happens at events. It happens at experiences. And within that ecosystem of service, it just became painful. It became painful how much misinformation and lack of good information and bad service was happening in the space. And so we started to socialize this concept with, you know, with this group of people that that became the Ganjia Council. But these are the people that have been in cannabis for decades, you know, and these are people that have been in cannabis for decades, but transitioned into the legal market as well. And because I say these things, I know there's a lot of legends that that have been in cannabis for many decades, but they just stayed underground. They didn't. They didn't move into the new marketplace. And we play in the regulated space. So, so we worked with this council, and and we said, you know, this is a problem of bad service that that really needs to be tackled and tackled seriously. You know, this is mm-hmm. something that's really important to cannabis being adopted well. Is that the people that are providing that service become really educated and well trained? So, you know, as we looked at other sectors that do this, it became really clear, you know, there was wine sommeliers, there's beer cicerones, you know, there's cigar cicerones, there's industries that have created standardized trainings 
developed around cannabis service. Yeah, it's, and, and showcasing the craftsmanship of the growing. And let's do a little name dropping. You know, I know quite a few of the people that are on this council you've worked with to create this program and who are teaching it. So do some name dropping. years of, of cannabis experience. This 18 people have. They, have. they have over 600 years between 18 of them. So it's, you know, it's, it's Frenchie Cannoli, who's considered kind of the preeminent hash maker in, in the States, especially. It's Kevin Jodry, who's um, one of the most legacy cultivators out of Northern California, kind of propagated CBD clones throughout California back in, in the early 90s. Um, it's Mel Frank, who wrote the Marijuana Growers Bible. It, it's Swami Chitananya, who runs Swami Selects, and Nikki, uh, who's his partner, it really just keeps going down and down and down the list of, of incredible people. They have contributed over the last, you know, we're almost at three years. So we started in, in the beginning of 2018. Um, this has been in development for almost three solid years now. It's crazy to say because we're at the end of the year now, three solid years now. Yeah, they've contributed 8,000 hours of time into shaping this program. And it, it's designed to really make you a master of cannabis service. And that comes into, you know, really thorough, proper understanding of cannabis, like really thorough. It's the most cannabis, the most thorough cannabis training that's probably ever been done in terms of like fundamentally understanding cannabis, cannabis products, the cannabis plant, cannabis history, cannabis science, right? So there's a very rigorous kind of foundational understanding. Then the second part is around quality. And so we actually built a whole standard of assessment called the systematic assessment protocol that's designed to create a standardized understanding of cannabis quality. So we go through in both flower and concentrates, the four categories, there's the category of appearance, there's the category of aroma, there's the category of taste, and then there's the category of direct experience. So each of those categories has layers of gradation systems now that have been baked in, in terms of the systematic assessment protocol. So like, for example, in the visual category, you assess things like trichome density, right? The amount of trichomes on the plant, you inspect trichome ripeness, the maturity of those trichomes, right? And then you go into, you know, the cure properties, you go into the the trim properties, you go into, uh, you know, all these different categories of nuances throughout each layer of the product to create an assessment. So first you're learning all the assessment methodologies because within all of that stuff, there's a lot of education. And then we actually created a tool that you can use to develop your assessment palette because you're also now assessing the flavor and the smells of cannabis using both science as well as this flavor wheel that we developed. Um, and so there's all, that's the second layer, right? Is, is the assessment of quality. And we did this for both flower and concentrates. So it goes through two different assessments through flat one through flower and one through concentrates using this assessment protocol. And the third was the service side. And so we developed the customer interaction protocol, nice. which is a way in which we're standardizing cannabis service in terms of how you talk to people, how you speak about the products, the correct lexicon that you use, the way you work with new people versus more experienced people, the way you guide them to correct products. And there's a whole methodology that we've essentially baked into cannabis service. And so the three of those pieces together is what makes the certified Ganjie program. I love this so much. I'm just sitting here grinning. I'm like, this is the most fun, nerdy thing we can do with cannabis. Ever. 
I would like to be able to develop my nose better and I would love to learn to study the concentrates. I mean, that's really hard to do because there's so many different styles of the concentrates and you know what which one is better and and I, the only people that judge. really understand these things are the people that have been doing it for decades you know like i'll tell you that's been some of the greatest like most interesting place of learning for me too is i i didn't have a ton of concentrate knowledge and i still feel like just for the record i have a lot to learn there watching frenchie you know watching nick tanum who created the first regulated hash company in the united states you know Watching some of these guys really watching Patrick King, who runs the Soil King uh, manufacturing up in Northern California, watching them really get super geeky into all these extraction processes and processes of making these products, you really see there's so much to learn, you know, but but it's so interesting and so fascinating. Well, and for, you know, someone saying, why does this matter? We don't want the art of cannabis and the history of of the way it was grown when people truly cared about it. Because when you're having to do something underground, you know, you truly are a master of your craft. And now the fact that we have, you know, giant companies that can come and create huge fields full of cannabis and basically, you know, package them up and sell them like cigarettes at Walmart, we're going to lose the the legend and the mystique and the nuance of growing and producing and appreciating this plant without programs like this, in my opinion. If we're not elevating the voice of these, you know, these legends of the industry, then we're going to eventually lose this stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, it depends where you are, like everything, but the the real truth, and people are shocked when they hear me say this, is the vast majority of the cannabis on the legal marketplace is garbage. It's really low quality product and nobody knows that because they don't understand what quality is in cannabis. And so that's okay. It's just a, you know, it's the maturity of the market. It's where we are, but that's the point. The point is that people are, you know, learning that, that Bud Light is Chardonnay, (laughs) Um, you know, or whatever. I mean, I'm not a, clearly not a drinker, but (laughs) um, I'm a cannabis person. Um, (laughs) I would be mocked so hard if I was watching that right now. <laughs> um, my point is, though, you know, most people don't realize that that most of what they're consuming is pretty low quality and not everywhere. There's there's plenty of pockets that have good quality cannabis. But if if we don't educate people about that, then the bad product becomes what people know and understand and they don't demand anymore. They don't look for any better. They don't bring those craft people up anyways. And so I think it's this is one of the the main reasons why the council signed on is it's important to protect the craft. Yes. This is all about quality. It's all about quality. Quality is is all about what Gangier is trying to make sure the world understands. And so yeah, it's good for the craft community. It's good for the connoisseur community and ultimately it's really important that the larger and the smaller companies get it because there, there should and there will all there not should there will always be a rabid fan base for quality cannabis. Always, it's always going to exist, and so we need to expand it and serve it, and then really show people what's possible. You know, absolutely. So the program kicks off in January. The only thing that's stressful about this at the moment um, is that we, because of the, so there's a live training component in Ganjie as well, a hands, two day hands-on training, you know, 
people like Kevin Jodry and those will be there to actually like work with you in person. It's going to be so cool. Um, but because of COVID, we've got pretty severe limitations mm -hmm. for what we think we can do in 2021. So right now, we only think we're going to be able to put 156 people through the program in 2021. We're going to open up applications in January, right? And, and kind of accept the first class by the end of January. And that's when we'll kind of start the process. And then the, you know, we have the live training and there's all this other stuff that happens after that. But so end of January is when it kind of kicks off, but everybody um, should go to ganjie.com and get on the interest list because uh, we're going to have limited availability for this first one. Okay. So if someone is interested in doing this, what kind of a time commitment are we talking about? And you know, what's the length of the program? Well, so um, the online part of the training is working out to be roughly about 50 hours of content. So there's 50 hours of digesting the content. Um, that, like I said, the live training is two days. Mm -hmm. And then in between that period, you're going to want to practice a lot. There's a lot of practice assessment that has to happen. Um, using the tool. And so, you know, we don't know at this moment, I mean, it's a real question mark how how hard people will have to practice to to make sure that they can pass. But, you know, I if I, let's see, if I look at how much time, it's probably going to take, you know, another, gosh, it's funny that I'm reflecting, it's going to take a few hundred sessions at least to get to a place where you really have developed more of a palette. So, you know, I mean, it's not a terrible thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> you're spending all of your time assessing cannabis, but you know, you're going to have to do it hundreds of times. So there's that part of it. And then there's the exam, which um, we won't start doing the exams until the end of 2021. Those will also be in person. So, you know, I don't know. It's a fairly meaty commitment. I don't, yeah. I don't know. You know, well, it's hundreds of hours, I'm sure. All right. That's good information. So as you're sifting through the applications in January, what are the qualifications that you're looking for? I mean, you know, we're just going to try to make it a really well-rounded class. I think that's that's the current thinking is, one, we'll have to see, how, you know, we've got 3,400 people on the interest list right now. Um, wow. And so we'll have to see who actually comes in and, and submits their applications. My point is, I know that the plan right now is to make it well-rounded. <laughs> um, and, and that really observes, you know, looking at a full diversity, full inclusion, full, you know, landscape of different kinds of people to really make it diverse and inclusive. Um, how we do that, I can't tell you yet. Uh, we'll have to go through the exercise of doing it when all the applications come in and then we'll, you know, communicate how it turned out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just think about this when, you know, someone who gets this certification, if only 156 people will potentially get it by the end of 2021, because, you know, everyone may not graduate, this will be like having Willy Wonka's golden ticket to get whatever cannabis job you want. I've already got companies telling me now that they would like to be first in line to hire the first set of ganjiers if they're available. You know, and these will these will be people that'll get the upper echelon of wages in the cannabis industry. And so it's exciting. You know, it's creating a new category. This is a new category that we've been developing over these last few years that the whole industry is ready for. Everybody's ready for a better trained master of cannabis service. You know, somebody that's really playing at that level of sophistication and quality. Um, and they'll have they'll be equipped with really great tools to to play that role with integrity. So I'm excited. It's been a long time in the making. It's been hard to keep it a secret. It's been a lot of work, but it sure is fun. And I think that I keep saying, you know, everybody in the Ganjie project, we call this our hundred year project because 
we foundationally believe that this will still be in existence in a hundred years servicing the cannabis industry. So we've tried to really build it with that kind of intention in mind. Beautiful. You know, I've had people ask me before what kind of qualifications or certifications I have. And I'm like, I started this before that existed. Life has been my school. Being in it. It's experience. Yeah. You know, you either, that's the point. You either have experience in cannabis, which is valuable. Experience in cannabis is really valuable right now. But that actually is a very small category of the world that the most people that are asking the question, they don't have any experience in cannabis. So that's why the education is so important. People that have experience will oftentimes kind of sound off against like, why do you need this? And I might say, we say to them, you might not, you might not need this. If, if you already have this knowledge and wisdom, God bless you. Like we're supportive of people that have got that experience playing a big role in this industry. It's just that they're in, that's only like 5% of who's actually coming in and trying to play in the industry. So for everybody else, you need the certifications and the training. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally. So let's say, you know, someone wants to see cannabis education be added to the universities and colleges around them. How do you recommend people asking or moving that forward or trying to push for that sort of change in their areas? I mean, I think going to the schools. The schools are about serving the community. That's really, you know, if you think about what an, a, a school is, it's an educational destination for most of their local community, right? And then sometimes if you pay a lot more, other people from outside communities can come in, <laughs> right? But it's about serving local community. So ultimately, you know, it's the same thing actually in all aspects of cannabis, whether it's regulations or whether it's higher education or whether it's anything, it's really about just people voicing, this is what they want, you know, and making sure their voices are heard. And that is why cannabis is having such a great moment. There's a lot of voices, you know, yelling from the rooftops that this is good. So my general feeling in any capacity, whether it's the medical side or the higher ed side or the regulatory side or any other side, just get involved and be a voice. Because when you do that, just like you've discovered, you're a voice. It attracts a lot of great things. It puts you in the center of exciting things. And it's good. It actually has a lot of value. Um, and so people just need to, you know, get more involved. <laughs> yeah. Rattle cages. That's what I say. It's mostly starting locally, rattling local cages to get things changed up in your own communities. Sometimes I think people either, you know, slept through government class or they don't quite remember who we put as president has less effect on us as who we put as our city council and our mayors. A million percent. <laughs> Like, I, you know, I wish I, I mean, that's not true. I love being as busy as I am at Greenflower, but like I'm in Ventura County, which is this place between Los Angeles and, and Santa Barbara. And Ventura County has been super, super conservative around cannabis. They've been very much like the part of California that's like, no, not here. We don't want it. And then boom, all of a sudden there's this flip change and they're going to issue like 40 licenses. <laughs> you know, wow. And all of a sudden there's going to be this like crazy economic opportunity out here for people. And, and I think that's just the point, you know, it's like you need people that are going to be supportive. You need a lot of voices that are going to keep shouting and screaming about it. Cause that was one of the things about Ventura We had a lot of good patient advocates, consumer advocates, people that have made their voices heard and they've talked about it. And yeah, I think there was a shift in, in local governance as well. And all of a sudden, and you know, and then boom, <laughs> the whole thing kind of opens nice. right up. So 
that's the kind of thing that's happening everywhere, but it's happening so localized, right? So it's true, you know, we shouldn't get distracted by all the big headlines. You should get really super, super, super local with what's happening, you know, around you or close by you, because that's where the opportunity is. Absolutely. Max, is there anything that I didn't ask you that we might need to round out the conversation before we wrap? No, I think I always tell people, you know, because we just went live with this, that if you want to get started in a free way, we've now got a whole series of free courses on Greenflower. So if people just go right to the homepage of green-flower.com, there's a way it just tells you, you know, do you want a business course or do you want a cultivation course or, you know, whatever it is. And then you can get this kind of sequence of free courses. So it's a good way to get started. It's fun. It shows you the value of what we've done. So I just always encourage people to use that feature. Um, no, that's it. I, you know, I really appreciate being here with you today. Yeah, this has been fun. Danielle sent me over a, a discount and a discount code. So I'm going to say oh, that awesome. real quick. Yeah. A 50% discount on any of the educational programs at green-flower.com. And your code is max sent me 50. Oh, and that's I, great. Yeah. All right. Good. I'll add that in the comment section. <laughs> People will use that. There's, there's so much there's so much good stuff on green flowers. So yeah, that's good. I'm glad that we did that. <laughs> yeah, totally. I knew I had a feeling you had no idea. So <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today, Max. Thanks so much. Well, we should do this again sometime. Yes, totally. Talk to you soon. The cannabis industry, man, it's going to continue to experience explosive job growth. And specific industry training is going to set budding entrepreneurs up for success. So where will you make a difference? With so much opportunity, it's important to remember to get clear and focus your talent and energy. Greenflower partners with colleges and universities to deliver the highest quality cannabis education programs in healthcare, agriculture, law and policy, and business. And if you want to see cannabis education added to your school's curriculum, start asking for what you want. Call, email, send a cannabis education care package, start a petition, or better yet, send them this episode of the podcast. If you or someone you love is ready to succeed in the cannabis industry, head over to the Podcast 170 show notes at casuallybaked.com for a roundup of what we discussed here today. For you canisaurs out there looking to level up, get your name on that Gangier wait list. The first Cannabis Sommelier certification program is about to begin, but you can tee yourself up for the next cohort group. I'll link to the Gangier program in the show notes as well. And if you're a business owner whose products or services align with the casually baked values and we need to know about it, perhaps you'd make an excellent show sponsor. Message me through the website at casuallybaked.com to inquire about dreamy collaborations with yours truly to inspire and empower this casually baked tribe. I've spent over 20 years in media and corporate storytelling, so I promise your message will be in good hands. Next week on the podcast, we're talking terpenes and aromatherapy with longtime herbalist and product developer, Katrina Jackson. Until then, stay connected with me on social. I'm at Casually Baked on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're so moved, 
please rate and review Casually Baked on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It helps other canna curious folks find this highly responsible cannabis content. Together, let's puff, puff, pass it on. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and mixing performed by Q9 Productions. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why is an endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? Most people think they're up to date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast and, of course, on PodConnects.